For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11 is where we will begin today as we're looking at the parable of the prodigal son and his older brother. Now it's important to know who Jesus is speaking to here. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. They have accused him of eating and drinking with sinners. And I love this story, the parable of the prodigal son. Now, I want you to know something. I want to preface the story that at the beginning of this story and in the middle of the story, both the brothers wanted their father's possessions. The younger brother wanted it by doing what was wrong, by asking for it up front. The older brother wanted it by doing what is right. But neither one of them actually wanted the father so look with me now in luke chapter 15 and verse number 11 and he had a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father give me the portion of goods that fall to me and he divideth unto him his living don't you know how bad that must have hurt his father's heart dad i don't really want you and i don't want to be here i just want your stuff i just want your money and uh i'm out of here let me go Don't you know that hurt the father? That hurt him deeply. But he still loved his son, and he still gave his son what was his, or what he would get when the father died. He did not want to wait. He said, I I want my part now. I want it now. I want to do what I want to do right now. Uh, I don't want to have to wait for anything. Uh, that, 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 just that in itself would be hurtful, would it not, if your kid came to you and said, listen, I know you're going to die, so just go ahead and give me my half right now. Um, I know what I would have said, but the father, this father didn't say that. As a matter of fact, he actually gave it to him. And that's what God gives us. He gives us free will. You don't want to be close to me. You don't want to be with me. You don't want to live in my blessings. And you want to be out on your own. But you go right ahead. Here you go. And that's exactly what this father did. There's something so sacred, God himself won't touch it. And that's your free will. God wants you to choose that you want him you want to be in his presence you want to live in his power and you want to obey his rules and his commandments and his word amen and verse 13 tells you and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance on riotous living there's no telling how much money this young man had i believe it was a lot it was a very substantial amount half of the father's estate because we know the father had servants 
He had lots of property and possessions, so I'm sure he had a lot of money. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how much you have or how much you can earn if you're a very wasteful person and you live, uh, and you just live it up, in other words, as the worldly would say. Uh, today's term would be uh, looking at it through the eyes of somebody who's deep in debt with credit cards. They've bought and bought and bought and purchased and purchased and purchased, and they've dug the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And now, how do I get out of this? Oh, my goodness. That would be kind of a modern-day story for this. I want what I want right now. Let me tell you, it's going to cost you. When there's more going out than there is coming in, you got major trouble headed your way. You may swim for a while, but sooner or later you're going to sink. And that's what happened to this younger brother. He, he wasted, the Bible says, wasted. Don't you know he could have took what his father gave him and lived very comfortably for the rest of his life? But instead, he lived it up. He had a party. And verse 14 tells you, And when he had spent all, there arose a famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Isn't it amazing? It's always after he spent it all that there arises a famine. There's trouble. I, the economy's bad. I've spent all my money. I have absolutely nothing, and I have no way to make a living. And listen to me, when you're down to that, there's nobody in the world that wants to give to you. It is an amazing thing that the world today says uh, the more popular, the more famous, the more wild, the more uh, crazy you are, uh, the more rich you are, the more they want to give to you. But the guy that has nothing or the young lady that has nothing, they don't want to give nothing to them. So I'm sure... I'm sure he had lots of friends while he had all that money. The friends he had when he was spending money freely, they had all disappeared. And that'll happen today, too. You might be living it up and partying up, but as soon as that's over, as soon as you're broke, as soon as it's all gone, they're all gone. And that's not a friend. That's not a friend at all. A friend will stand by you when everything goes wrong. When you're down and out, when you're broke, even when you've messed up, a friend, a real friend will stand by you and say, look, they'll tell you, I love you, I care about you, you've messed up and you need to get this right, but they'll still be there. They won't cut bait and run. But the worldly people, they were gone. They were out of there. He's broke. There's nothing more to live up. We're gone. We're on to the next one. And you see that all over the place today. I don't really look at social media, uh, but that's a, that's a good indicator of it. They got so many followers. Uh, they got so much of this, so much of that, so much clout, uh, so much status, if you will. And the more status they has, the more people that want to be around them. But the nobodies, nobody wants to hang out with them. And that's exactly what happened this band. He spent it all, and he became a nobody. But let me tell you, God cares about the nobodies. God loves the nobodies. And the truth is, that's all that any of us are. That's all that any of us are. Because the grave equals out everybody. Nobody 
is going to live forever unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and He grants you eternal life. Amen. And so verse number 15, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. Talk about the lowest of the low jobs, man. He couldn't find nothing decent. Uh, there was no unemployment lined away in back then. There was no welfare. I'm sure he went door to door. Do you got anything I can do? Can I just make a living? He found somebody that says, yeah, you can feed my hogs. I'm sure the pride in his heart said, I do not want to go back to my father's house. I don't want to have to go back and beg for him to see what all I've done. If you notice, he went to a far country. He didn't hang out in the town where his father was because his father would know what was going on because any good parent would have go to him and say, look, you idiot, you're going to blow it all. But no, he went to a far country, I believe. So nobody knew who he was. Couldn't get, the word couldn't get back to his father. So I am sure that he didn't want to go back to his father and say, Dad, I blew it. I'm broke. I got nothing left. His pride, his pride would didn't let him. Verse 16, and he, would, and he would fain and have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. Let me read that again, last part. And no man gave unto him. I wonder if watching him watching those hogs eat made him hungry. You ever seen hog eats and a hog eat? They will go after something and they will eat it like they have been starving to death. They could be a 900-pound hog, ghastly overweight, and you could be feeding them stinking slop. And they will jump on it and smack their lips like it is the best thing in the world. They will just tear into it. And that's why they call them hogs. They hog it. They want all they can get, as much as they can get. Those hogs ate up that food like he ate up his inheritance. Just tore into it. He spent his money freely on all kinds. All kinds of worldly pleasures. And by the way, there is pleasure in sin, the Bible says, but tis for a season. Tis for a season. There's a price to pay, in other words. You might get away from it for a little while, but the price will come. See, we obey man's law most of the time a lot quicker than we obey God's law. When you see a police officer and you're driving, the first thing you do is let off the gas because you don't want to get a speeding ticket because it's going to cost you. You're going to have to pay that fine. It's going to cost you right now. But a lot of times, spiritual laws are not that way. You don't pay right now. But the cost is a million times greater than having to pay any speeding ticket. So there is consequence for sin. There is pleasure in it, but there's a great consequence. The only employment he could get was feeding old dirty, stinky hogs. A job that would be very degrading for any average Jew. Because they didn't even eat swine, much less feed them and take care of them. And as he watched those pigs eat, yeah, he envied them. Man, they're eating. They're tearing it up. They had more. They got more to eat than I do. And verse 17 tells you, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. The Bible says he came to himself. He came to his senses. He realized what he had done he realized where he was at and he realized where he needed to go 
listen to me, anytime you're going to get right with God, you've got to realize that. You've got to realize what you've done. You've got to realize where you're at. And you've got to realize where you need to go. He had came to himself. In other words, reality set in. Man, I have messed up. I have blown everything I was ever going to have in life. I have destroyed myself. I have wasted my father's inheritance. I have nothing. Here I am sitting in this stinky, sloppy hog pen feeding these mongrels and just a hired servant at my father's house eats better than I do. Here I am perishing to death. I want you to notice doesn't say a Baptist preacher went to him. doesn't say a group of missionaries went and found him. No, the Bible says that he came to himself. Make note of that, ladies and gentlemen. See, because even if a Baptist preacher comes to you or a missionary comes to you or whoever, until you come to yourself inside yourself, you will not change anything about yourself. It's a heart change. Yeah, his, his outward appearance, I'm sure, was bad. I'm sure his clothes were dirty. We know that his father had to give him a pair of shoes. He was probably barefooted. He probably had nothing. And he stunk like those hogs. And we've got to realize that sometimes, man, we can go far in sin. We can mess up. But God is waiting there like a good father. Just come home. And he also knew, he knew that his father would forgive him. He knew his father would at least, at least, if nothing else, I could get a job as a servant in my father's house. If he didn't think his father would forgive him, he wouldn't even dare head back that way. But we know God will forgive us, don't we? Sometimes we don't want to because of our pride or our own selfishness, our own shame, our own guilt, or whatever the case is, but you listen to me. God is there. God is willing. God is waiting. And God never changes. He said, I am the same yesterday. I am the same today. And I am the same forever. He's a very forgiving God, just like that father waiting there with arms open. Where's my son? I miss my son. I love my son. Don't you know how many nights he's spent just thinking about i wonder where my son's at i wonder if he's okay i hope nobody killed him i hope nobody robbed him because he had no idea what was going on now our heavenly father he does know he knows where you're at he knows your thoughts he knows your intentions he knows where you're going where you're headed and let me tell you he knows what you need to change because i don't think this young man realized that that famine the bible says that he spent all he had and there was a famine in the land that famine was actually a blessing in disguise because if it weren't for that famine, he wouldn't have been feeding them hogs. And if it weren't for them sloppy hogs and him eating that hog food, he would have never turned and went back to his father's house. And so those bad things, the famine and him feeding the hogs were actually a blessing in disguise. Those things that you don't like, but they actually turn you back to God and where you need to go, they are a blessing in disguise. In verse 18, he said, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. 
That famine really proved to be a blessing in disguise. It made him think. It made him come to himself. It made him realize where he was at. And it made him realize where he needed to go. He remembered that his father had hired servants that were living way better than I am. They're eating way better than I am. They're not eating hog food. They're not eating slop. They're not starving to death. They're sleeping in a warm bed. Even those servants have it better than I do. They got plenty of food to eat. Here I am wasting away in hunger. And as he thought of this, he decided, I'm going to do something about it. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't realize where you're at and where you need to go, and you may realize that, but it takes one more thing. You've got to do it. You've got to make it happen. You have to take that action. God said, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh unto you. The first step's on you. If you want to get right, if you want to get right with God, if you're saved, but you are living in sin, if you're saved, but you're drifting, if you're saved, and you're, but you're not where you should be, you take the first step. He said, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh unto you. I want you to know that this son had to start walking back to his father's house. He had to take an action. He determined to go back to his father's house if it was nothing more if it was nothing more to be a servant he was determined to go to his father in repentance acknowledging his sin and seeking forgiveness seeking a pardon and verse 20 tells us and he arose and he came to his father but when he was yet at a great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him How'd he get back? He didn't have money. He wasn't able to buy no bus ticket. He must have walked. And listen to me. No matter how long it takes you to get back to the Father, you keep right on walking. You keep right on going. God is there and He's waiting on you. And let me notice, let me, let me, let's notice something here. He's walking back to the Father. The father sees him and the father starts getting up and coming to him. And then as soon as you turn your heart, as soon as you turn your heart and say, I want to get back to God, God's coming to you. He's just waiting on you to turn your heart toward him. Long before this man, this young man reaches home, his father saw him. He had compassion on him. He ran. He fell on him and he kissed him, the Bible says. I'm sure he was dirty. I'm sure he was filthy. I'm sure he was stinky. Hadn't had a bath or a haircut or a shave. Didn't have no shoes on. Probably still smelt like them old stinky hogs. But the father, the Bible says, still ran and hugged him and kissed him. This is probably the only time in the Bible where haste is used of God in a good sense. Shamed and ragged and muddied. He was still stinking from the hog pen and the father wrapped him arms around him and welcoming arms and God will do the same for you anytime you're away from him he'll wrap his arms around you and love you and care for you and forgive you and it gets even better verse 21 and the son said unto him father I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. 
and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again and was lost. And now he's found and began to be merry. So here the son made his confession up uh, to the point, I'm just going to ask for a job. If you'll just let me work for you and, and I'll have something to eat. But the father, the father showed him great compassion. The father interpreted that by ordering a slave, put the best robe on my son, put sandals on his feet and put a ring on his hand. And let me tell you, that ring meant a lot. It meant more than you know. It meant that that's my son. I claim him. He's mine. He has partaker in my authority and the things that I have in this house, in this property. He's mine. I claim him. And this, this ring proves it and it proclaims it. When you're a child of God, God, the Bible says your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And nothing's going to take it out of there. You can't take it out of there. The Bible says no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. See, no matter what that young man did, he was still his father's son. No matter where you go or how far you go or how deep you go, you're still the father's son or daughter if you're saved, if you're born again. Because as far as this father was concerned, his, his son was dead, but now he's alive. The young man was looking for a good time. But he didn't find it in that far country. He found it when he had the good sense to come back to the Father's house. And how many of us Christians look out into the world and go, man, that looks like a good time. Boy, that looks fun. It looks like I'm missing out. You're not missing out on nothing except for sin and hurtful times and bad times. And let me tell you, when you come to yourself, you'll realize that the good times is when you get back in the Father's presence, when you're in the presence of a thrice holy God. Amen. Now, the, old, the older brother was mad. He was upset, and he told his dad, listen, he came back to the house. There's music playing. They've killed the fatted calf. There's a party going on. He asked the servant, what is going on? And he told him, said, your brother has come home, and father's killed the fatted calf. And this brother was so upset, he wouldn't even go in the house. The father had to come up to him, and he said, you what, your son? You've never even given me a goat to have a party with my friends, but you killed a fatted calf for him. And the father said, all that you have is mine. And the older brother just couldn't forgive him. He just couldn't let it go. And even though the dad said, hey, everything I have is yours. All this is yours. The older brother couldn't let it go. Let's not be like that, Christian. If we see somebody get back right with God, hey, Praise the Lord for it. And maybe that's you that's got right and back with God. And there's always, always, always going to be somebody, somebody that ain't going to like it. This older brother didn't like it that he got back right with the father, that he came back to where he should be. Maybe that was you. Maybe you've been out in the world and you've came back to where you should be. Hey, praise God for it. Don't worry about what they think. The Father was happy with them and the Father will be happy with you. Now, if you're listening to my voice today and you're not saved, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. What you've got to do is realize you're a sinner. You've got to come to yourself like the young man in this story. Realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Go to the Father and ask forgiveness through Jesus and what He did on the cross. You've got to repent of your sins and put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus 
Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning into Crossbound Ministry Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $25 or more, we will send you a copy of Ray Comfort's book, Nothing Created Everything. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook or visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a woman in need of help with your pregnancy, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There's locations in Inverness and Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507 and Bruce Kaufman Construction, providing all your home building needs, 352-400-0230. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida, 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200.